him, y'all. It's him. I promise. Welcome to the Free Mind Podcast. I don't know if this Okay, cool. They, they know the truth. They know the Baby. truth. Baby. Um, so, yeah, uh, here, uh, I, I sent out a quick thing. I don't know if you even knew about this, but last night, I sent out on the free mind, like, a little, uh, a little, uh, what do you call it? Um, where you, they vote, a little voting okay. thing. And said, uh, do you think the Asbury Revival is legitimate? Oh, and t- yes or that? no? Um, <clears throat> and then comment if you... You know, like have anything to add to it, and one what person was said was, um, "I think I'm tired of hearing about this topic." <laughs> so, we we feel you on that, you know. Um, fair, you know fair that, that's very fair. And I told him, like, in, in essence, like I agree with him, and we've been talking about I'm this. Talking about the revival, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just yes. It's, it's kind of like it, it, so many people have already addressed it, and we we meant to actually tackle this last week. Uh, maybe even over a week ago, but we've been just so busy with so many things, so many schoolwork and all this kind of crazy stuff going on. So um, we kept pushing it off, pushing it off, and then I was thinking, ah, you know, everybody's already covered it to the nth degree. But I thought, you know, what we might be able to bring that might be unique is, is our own journey and history and how it connects with this topic. Um, and also, like, like what... How do we go forward? Because I think there's, I'm hoping there's going to be more of these types of things going on. Like God knows we need his, his presence in the spirit. And so, um, you know, I think it would be good to at least talk about like, how are we thinking about this? Because normally when we do a topic, I like to like really, really study it out and, and come to like clear conclusions, bring receipts, bring, you know, like a, a, coherent framework but for this I, I really don't have that because I don't I don't I haven't been there right, I haven't I, I did that. reach out to we, we actually had a uh, Craig Keener um, on the podcast I think a couple seasons ago which you know I love he's you know an amazing scholar and he, he works at Asbury Seminary which is across the street and his wife Medine who we also had on the podcast at okay. one point um, she does teach She's French awesome. at Usbury, uh, Asbury French. University and um, so I reached out to him, but I figured like he was going to be getting blown up right now. So um, I was hoping to get like an insider kind of track. I, I haven't gotten to do that yet. He, interestingly enough, put up a podcast or put up a YouTube video kind of just explaining because he said he was getting so many inquiries that he just thought he would. And I and I watched that a couple of days ago and it was really actually pretty good. I think he's going to do a couple of them. But <laughs> so anyways, just to say like this is going to be more like a journey um, podcast. If, if that makes sense. So we're just like, we're just going to chop it up. We don't have a clear, like, here's where we stand on this. Um, and this may be part one of, of other parts, because um, I think it's still going. I think I believe I heard they moved to a bigger venue either last night or, the or I don't know, today, something mm-hmm. like that. So um, just, yeah, th- throw us your thoughts on this, too. We'd like to hear from you guys. But I, but I will. I do want to bring a couple things that I just thought about. As I've been like looking and, and kind of hearing people's th- feedback. Now, interestingly enough, on the vote, 
all of them except for one said yes. They thought it was, was it revival. Was the one that said he was sad of hearing? No, 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 no. Tired. It, it okay. wasn't even that uh, that individuals. Okay. I think they voted that they thought it was real. They just didn't want to hear. They just sure. didn't want, want to hear another episode. On it. Um, so you know the. Uh, I was honestly surprised. Does that surprise you hearing that? Like that most people voted that they thought it was legitimate, like a revival, a full on mm. revival. Does that surprise me? You know, it shouldn't surprise me, but I, I guess it kind of does a little bit. Yeah. Only because I've been hearing all the debate and all the back and forth about it. So sure, sure. Because of that, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. There's sure. Those that, you know, are believing it's real. Yeah. And which is good. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. think uh, I, I, I was definitely surprised. I thought it'd be more like 50-50. Part of us because of the world that I've been in, and I'll, I'll explain that just here in a minute when we come back to the but before we like jump in jump in just want to remind you of our friend and our our latest sponsor mudhenmama.com uh go to this website she has curated all these books uh on the christian worldview broken them down according to categories for so you got like kindergarten first grade second grade like books that she's spent time really researching studying pulled them all together and you know it's a great way to get a book and not give more money to Amazon, we've been funding Amazon just ourselves here. Just I'm trying really to like nilly. trying to get yeah. off that off that Amazon game. So, but go in there, um, use the free mind word for a discount, um, and yeah, just support that man. I, I just so happy to hear that 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 Christians are, are doing. You know, really, what I think we need to do in this, like, get outside of the system and create our own spaces, do business with other like-minded um, believers as much as yeah. possible. But I think you'll really benefit from the selection that she has there. So coming back to my story and, uh, and your story, maybe, I don't know if you even want to share much of yours and, and how it connects with this. But for me, I come from, I'm, I'm, I'm from the revival world, you know, like uh, if you followed us for long, you probably know that my background is charismatic Pentecostal. Um, and a lot of that was great. Like, I don't have, I, I always say, like, I thank God for my background. Um, one of the things that was instilled in me early on was, like, God is real and, he, and, and, and he's present. Like, he's not just this transcendent being that we have respect for, but he's also imminent and he, and we can, he can be experienced. He can be, um, you can get in, get in his presence and get, get a uh, dose of the ghost, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that, that was good um, to, insofar as it went. Um, I owe who I am now to that in many ways. Um, so there's a lot of positive to it, a lot of serious believers in that world that I grew up in in, in my church. Because part, part of that, I think, because if you weren't a serious, it, it was a lot easier to be a nominal Christian in other denominations than, than that one back then because it was kind of looked down on, too, by a lot of the other evangelical circles. So typically you got more of a concentrated group of people that were about it. Um, <clears throat> but the downside was often like, it wasn't a real there wasn't a there wasn't a high value for the life of the mind you know for theological precision for um really really like diving into doctrine the 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 more the emphasis was on the experience right and okay. spirit and so we we you know and, and my, I, I won't put this on my parents but i'm just by we i'm saying like our church tended to be like we were revival chasers. Oh boy. Okay. okay? Yeah. 
So fast forward, now like I'm, I go through these seasons, you know I go through these seasons where like I'll dive into one author or one group of authors mm-hmm. and it's like I'll read everything they got, I'll listen to everything they, they say. So, you know, I've had my William Lane Craig, my Ravi Zacharias phase, the J.P. Moreland, the, the um, what was the other one? Dallas Willard, you know, went through that phase. But the, probably the last... Um, I don't know, maybe two or three years, I've been in this like heavy reform phase. And so it's like guys like at Moscow, like, you know, Douglas Wilson, and I listened to this guy named, you know, Joel Webbin and, and A.D. Robles, and, uh, and then some of the like, you know, more high level thinkers of, you know, theologians, stuff like that, that, I, that I've been diving into. And so it's funny because typically, like, how you respond to this revival will fall along those lines of like what your presuppositions are. So I probably expected more negative results because I so many of the guys I listen to now and and follow are in the reform world. <laughs> and so there's a lot of like there's a lot of pushback in that world, which makes sense even from a historical perspective because Asbury, you know, it's Wesleyan. It's like he he like him and George Whitfield even went at it back in the day. George Whitfield is your, you know, your hardcore Calvinist, predestinarian. Uh, Wesley was an Arminian with a, and developed kind of like this um, work of second grace doctrine that kind of led to Pentecostalism. Um, and there was a heavy emphasis on Wesley and experiencing God, having his heart strangely warmed, like human... Um, responsibility and George Whitfield was known to know the sovereignty of God and this kind of thing. And they even eventually like publicly, I think really got into it when they started out as friends, which was made me sad when I read that part of church history. But, um, so it would make sense that, you know, fast forward in the, the groups that are, you know, kind of cluster along those theological perspectives are still kind of like interpret the same data from different perspectives. Um, now, the, it, also one one of the one of the interesting things with the reform side is a lot of these guys that I've been listening to that are I mean they're like the reformedest of the reformed. They're even they've even been praying for revival though. They've been they've been I think aware of like the fact that we are not going to um, really be able to do what we need to do and what the mission of God is, what the calling is for the church without that. So that's been an interesting thing to see on that side. Um, and I have even seen some of like the reform guys kind of push back on the other reform guys with regard to how they're interpreting this. Now go to the other side. For me, like I think most people would expect um, someone from a charismatic background to automatically be happy and just be like, yes, this is it. Let's go. You know, this is this is God. Now, so just as a as a matter of like how I initially felt when I first got the text, honestly, I was like a little bit triggered. What text? Somebody texted me like, oh, man, have you heard about the Asbury oh, Revival? Okay. And so, you know, like where you might think I would have the disposition to immediately jump on board and be super excited about it, I actually was like it, it – it tweaked me slight, slightly, even though I'm like, I also have been one that's like, I know we need revival. I know we need outpouring the spirit. I know we need renewal and ultimately reformation. Um, but it just kind of like it hit me and didn't excite me, but made me kind of recoil a little bit. And so I had to pause and like ask, man, why is it hitting me like that? Right. 
And I think part of it was for me um, is, is because of that revival background where so many times um, you ever have something like that happen where it's like subconscious and you, you never really thought about it that much, but you're like, man, why do I feel like that? It was like oh, that. Yeah. And so as I began to, yeah. I would think that it would be because of, yeah. um, I don't know, just recent letdowns or disappointments of mm. the state of the church right now or the fire we desire or what we're looking for robust solid sound doctrine yeah. or the real presence of god in churches and um the church rising up to be the church in this hour and then you hear about revival really okay i would think that that might have been the yeah. the reason for the not skepticism, but like, okay, what the recoiling, whatever. Yeah, why wasn't I immediately excited right. and like leaning into that? Why was I more And then like, you can't just believe everything you hear. Sure. I mean, just because someone texts you something and it's on Facebook doesn't mean it's just yeah. real. Yeah, that so, it is what it right. what is being like, you got to look into things. Be. Things are not always what they seem. Yeah. And so, especially with things like that. So. Well, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know what? That's actually insightful what you just said there. That, that might. I Maybe. think that does play a role. I think it might even go back deeper than that and, okay. and, and go. For you, I'm sure. I'm, I'm going to psychoanalyze myself here. <laughs> go um, ahead. But I think even as a kid, like, there was this pressure for revival. Ooh. Like, in, in my circle, like, there was, like, you know, you felt like you weren't doing anything in the in the Christian world if revival wasn't going on, you know. And it was funny because, and this even happened in the Baptist world a lot, but you began to have people. Um, you know, so-and-so is coming to town for a three-week revival. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, and there's this pressure to, like, produce results and have this experience. And I think I remember, like, it, it, it wouldn't always come from other people, like, explicitly, but I think you just felt it. It was kind of in the in the air. And I remember put, even putting that pressure on myself, like, man, I got to work something up here. And, um, and then being disappointed even back then with results of like, man, I didn't feel anything or so-and-so they, they, you know, they caught, they caught the spirit and I didn't catch the spirit or, or, you know, I, I caught it, but then I was like struggling the next day. And, um, and I thought that struggle would go away once I had that experience and all this stuff that, that kind of swirls around with it. So I think, I think there was like part of that, that some, some, somebody even listening here might have like, a um, might have a thing inside when they hear that kind of language okay. that automatically triggers you. And so that, that was weird for me to, to, I was like, when I began to like process it, I was like, you know what? I think, I think it's because of history. And, you know, so we were in Florida, um, central Florida, but the Browns re revival was real big when I was, I think I was, I don't know, it was high school or middle school. And if you never heard of the Brownsville revival, you could probably go look it up online, but um, it happened in the, I think the Panhandle, uh, Pensacola area of Florida, and it was this massive thing. I mean, I, I want to say I'm not I'm not sure, but it might have lasted even that. up to a year. I'm not even, but but really? like every day, people waiting outside on the street. Like what? there was some like serious stuff happening. Like uh, I, I remember I'm um, hearing just wild testimonies. I think even Dr. Michael Brown was involved with that whole thing. Um, so there was like legitimate, you know, theologians okay. and, and people, leaders involved. But our church kept sending youth group up there and they would come back and they would be kind of doing some weird stuff. Like they'd be in the restaurant and they'd start foaming at the mouth what? and like having these like fits. And and it, it was just it was it was kind of strange at times, but it also like really did like a lot of kids begin to. I, I mean, there were probably 
I don't know, 40, 50 kids I can remember that before that were not very serious about God, that were like all okay. about, they were bringing their Bibles to public school. They were, wow. you know, preaching the gospel. They were meeting before class, praying. It was, it was something. Um, but, it, but, you know, like anything else, like it, it can be messy at times. So you had some, you, you know, you just had some weirdness that developed. Looking back, like I remember specifically some of the main leaders from that movement now aren't even Christians. Um, there are a couple that still are and a couple that oh, are even gosh. pastors okay. out of it. So there's kind of a, like a mixed bag, but, um, you know, it just was a, there was a, there's a lot of like, I think psychological angst <laughs> in me, uh, based on that, that kind of culture that was around at the time. And I think from like coming out of that, um, I have a lot of bad memories and good memories. Okay. It's weird. So. The other piece of this is while I was in high school, um, it, 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 there, was a, there was a couple experiences I had um, in youth camp. So we'd have youth camp. And um, typically by, you know, Thursday night of youth camp, that's when you really, really catch the spirit. <laughs> but it just happened like that. Like you already got – you probably got rejected by the girl you liked by then. Like you, you, you know – you're tired from all the running around and everything. So you actually sit there and for the first time all week, you're actually concentrating on God and thinking about him. You're like, you've been forced to desperation. So he often meets us, you know, in our desperation, but I'm kind of joking, but kind of for real, but he really did like on one of those nights, um, he, I really, really encountered the presence of God, like in a way I hadn't, and I wept for like an hour. Mm. And and even this, I'd had this experience, this guy that I never met before, never met since came up to me and basically like he gave me all this stuff that I was going through, like word Mm. for word. And it really was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. So it was very, it was very interesting. And and I had a, a few experiences like that throughout my life. Now, more times than not, it was me desiring those kinds of things and it didn't happen. But there was enough there to give me a footing to say, I know that God met me in these moments. Mm. And it's like, it's those moments that laid the foundation for me that later I became, um, someone who pursued the truth because of that. So it was, it started with, for me, it started with this experience with God and then developed into, um, more theological precision. Mm, That's cool. Um, and I think it, I I don't know if it's like that across the board for people in other denominations, but I think for the for a lot of people that kind of came up like I did, um, that would I don't know maybe maybe be the case more often than not is like it starts in that kind of way and then you yeah. and then you kind of work sense. it out like faith seeking understanding kind of deal, and had I not had those experiences, I don't know that I would have made it through the 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 doubting okay, times gosh, that yeah, I did go that through. Makes sense. And so, you know, that's why I look back, I look back on that stuff and it's kind of like this weird mix for me. But so, so I, I felt that, but then I said, uh, and let me say this too. So the other thing you said, I think is, is very true as well. Like even in, even in recent times in that circle, there's this, like, there's, it can be combined with that kind of Gnostic, um, like let's withdraw or escapist mentality, like man, we just, we need, we need a revival in our church and we, we want to get people to come back to church. And basically if we can just get back there and meet there and live there and, and just worship all day and night, 
um, and kind of withdraw from this crazy world. That's what we want, you know. And I think with all the studying that we've been doing on the kind of separatist pietist movement and the escapism and the pacifism and all that all that type of stuff, when I, when I began to hear initially what the revival was like, I was like, eh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't supercharged by it, if that makes sense, because it, it felt to me like, um, man, is this just another way for us to not engage this engaged. battle that we're supposed to be engaging in right now? There's so like, I feel like you know, there's been an awakening in my heart and mind to like Big Eva and just evangelicalism as a whole in this past two years, and I think that this. Um, this kind of sub branch of evangelicalism that's that's always looking for the next revival, um, and it's like f- for what? Like what is it? What is it amounting to? These these experiences that that we've had and and, and all this stuff. So, anyways, I think there is something that it's amounting to, but but I'm just letting you guys know, this was just what I initially yeah. felt, what was swirling around in my heart. If you want to grow in your confidence in knowing what you believe and why you believe it, if you want to ground your faith in biblical Christianity and step into who God has called you to be, I want to tell you about a great program put on by Impact 360, and it's called Propel. Propel is a one-week transformational leadership and discipleship experience where high school students gather together to be grounded in a biblical worldview as they learn how to follow Jesus, have a godly influence, learn how to disciple their peers, and boldly live out their faith in their daily lives. So they're having two sessions this summer. The first one is June 19th through the 25th, and the second one is June 26th through July 2nd. These programs fill up really quickly, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we'll put the link below if you're interested in looking into it. And we'll see you this summer. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to recall. I don't think I grew up around those kinds of experiences. I think the right. first charismatic experience I had was in college. And it might have frightened me a little bit. And I, I might have recalled because <laughs> I didn't understand what it was. Yeah, yeah. Later on, of course... Um, in intimate a relationship with Jesus, but you know, I revivals for me were just those planned services where mm. a speaker would come in, right, and it would last three or four days, and you were really um, charged or really inspired or received the message. It was powerful worship, but that's it. I think the revivals, the Brownsville revival, things I just read about and heard sure. about. I don't know that I've been involved. Now, I've gone to some tent meetings and some oh, yeah. things like that, some revivals, but um, never gone to a um, a revival where it lasted for weeks yeah. and weeks and days or whatever. Yeah. So that's my experience. But, um, yeah, when I heard about it, what did I think? I was like, oh, how cool. Mm. But I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Maybe I should have. But then when it kept on going, I was like, okay, maybe this, this could – this could be something cool. Yeah. I um tempted to confess some things. So I think I looked at it like the worship movement, the big worship movement amongst the collegiate in, um, atmosphere where it's big, it's moving, it's emotional. Right. 
But then when it began to carry on and on and on, I was like, okay, sure. what is this really? Yeah, they yeah. Inquired about it. So. Yeah. And then I know a few people who, when people begin to drive down there to go check it out, that's when I was like, okay, this must be something. What is this? Right. Yeah. So, what is what is this thing? So. Yeah. What is this? Um, you know that. Yeah. No, that's good, babe. I think we were kind of like feeling that you know, similarly there. So the more, the more I began to look at it, you know, I initially saw, because I was, I'm following these, you know, more reformed guys on Twitter. I was kind of seeing, I was seeing their criticism. Well, this is, so after the initial, like triggering just on my own, I I did know, like, I can't, I don't want to be like that. Like, so I I put, I put that, I don't want to be triggered um, based on my own personal experience, like, and and miss out on something that's got to do. So I I just, I, I, I kind of like ignored that. Okay. Who cares? Like that, that is, it's meaningless with assessing the case. And I have been praying, like I've been asking God, like, we know we need this. So it's like, I'm going to put my own, you know, bad yeah. bad experiences to the side and 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 maybe slightly cynicism about the um results of of kind of the past revivals in the past few years or whatever and mm. and like like you said some of the worship movement stuff where we often you know think man this amazing stuff's happening but it's not really translating to real biblical Christianity. Um, it's yeah. not translating to like real repentance in, in many cases. It's, it's just another thing where um, kids are coming together and, and having these trendy, you know, worship experiences and, and, and just kind of fits and all this kind of stuff. So anyways, putting that to the side, like I'm, a, I'm aware of where, you know, a lot of these guys are coming from and I understand like their mentality the, the critics, let's call them the critics okay. of this. Um, I definitely understand where they're coming from. And some of the things I initially heard, I was like, mm, it seemed to it seemed to fit in with, to me, the zeitgeist of the culture and, and not so much like what I would think was a full-on Holy Spirit outpour. And was it, were the critiques doubt or had they been there and experienced it and were critiquing? What, yeah. You know, what kinds of critics? Um, well... <laughs> I think if I went through point by point okay, here, no, it probably take us to. too long. But but basically, so so no, it's a great question though, and that's really maybe maybe a a couple podcasts down, we'll see where it goes, and and it mm-hmm. might be worth addressing some of those elements. I think one of the things was, you know, well, Asbury's known to be a revival school. They've had uh, eight revivals, and they and six of them have been in February. Um, you know, this okay. kind of thing, like, and, and again, like I said, with the youth camp thing, like stuff would tend to happen on Thursdays. Didn't mean it was fake, but you know, sure. it, for whatever reason, you know, it, te- it, it tends to happen like that. Yeah. Um, th- there were other, I think, um, f- worries, I guess, like, oh, they're not preaching the gospel and, and this and that, you know, and it's, it's sure. I think some I of the, some, some of the statements were like, um, yeah, the revival revival should have these features, and and I was less because I haven't studied like I haven't really studied studied the 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 topic of revival from a from a scriptural perspective where I could say with any confidence that here's the necessary and sufficient conditions to call something revival. Yeah. So I I felt I just my initial impulse was like eh, I don't know that they've made their case biblically, but whether or not it's true that that's interesting uh, you know I'd be interested to hear more some of the other things that I thought were more concerning was there were there, there were the new evangelical um, this group on Twitter it's progressive Christians and they were highlighting people within Asbury okay 
that were quote unquote queer students that were excited about this revival pushing forth their agenda and that supposedly there were queer students on stage leading worship and they were interpreting it through those lens and people were um they were repenting of homophobia and transphobia (laughs) and whiteness and this kind of thing you know um so that that i think triggered a lot of the reform guys to say oh Uh, no this isn't like this is this is just some other you know, progressive emotionalist um, kind of thing. So those those were the sorts of things that were that were popping up. Also, they were saying, you know, this guy Todd Bentley, he's he's showing up, and uh, some so they okay. they really don't like these the the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation um, people, and so some of them were coming to the revival, and they thought, oh, well, if these guys are involved and if they're liking it, that's a bad sign. So they weren't all completely writing it off, but they were definitely throwing a wet, like a wet blanket on it. I see. Now, I did also went and I listened to some people um, that were also solid that went and they were much more positive about it. They said, you know, this uh, this revival broke out, um, I think it was maybe February 8th or something like that, just a simple service, uh, preaching through Romans 12, um, students began to get up and confess their sin like publicly mm-hmm. and it just took off they started praying like in the I've had I, I, even my mom um, if you're listening mom love you miss you um, my mom was would put it on in the background she said the worship was just kind of old school choruses that oh, cool. nobody was like there was no faces no names like it was just worship prayer mm-hmm. um, they would get up and read scripture in between an occasional message this kind of thing and and um, also hearing from Craig Keener, like he on he he even has some more background how they were praying into it and okay. a couple of dreams that this guy had that was a seminary student leading into it and and just very very interesting stuff. I think it's worth checking out his um, his thing on YouTube. Um, and he he also clarifies too, like and he is a he. So so I said like I, I go I've been in the reform camp more because there tend to be real like theological precision in their camps um in the charismatic world it's like so it's like if you if you want um vinegar barbecue you go to north carolina right that's where that doesn't mean though you can't get good vinegar vinegar barbecue in new york anywhere like there's okay but what are they known for and i'm just what i'm saying like the reform guys even though i disagree with them on some elements i'm like you have to contend with what they're saying because they are and particularly they've been on point with this government stuff and because they have i think in many cases a more developed theology on public theology and government and what it is the puritans especially like they're in that stream um guys like joe boot and um even james white you know with this church history knowledge stuff like that they 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 did a lot better job by and large during the covid stuff and and all the blm stuff because they were really aware of they they had a more creational norm theology a public theology so anyways but that's not to say on the charismatic side there aren't some incredible scholars as well and craig keener is one of those guys um he, in fact, the whole IVP, which I don't like InterVarsity Press that much anymore either, but um, the, he wrote the whole IVP New Testament commentary by himself. Like, that's the kind of like the level he's on. Um, but he, he went through and basically talked about he likes to use, he, because the, the term revival isn't really used in scripture, although you could argue concepts, that's not a problem. Like, the Trinity is not a term used in the Bible, but it's still a conceptual framework that makes sense of the data. Um, you could do that with revival, but he he says the word outpouring is more what's used in the Book of Acts, and so 
the you know he he definitely believes that there's something um going on in in there he he went there a couple nights he's been involved and and just kind of really observed and prayed with him um and he believes this is a real genuine holy spirit outpouring on the kids and that there's something happening that's out of the norm Mm -hmm. for them um one one guy one reform guy uh I think it's Sword and Trial podcast. Uh, Tom Askell, I believe, um, super reform, not a revival guy, but you know he he kind of had the same position that I'm that I'm basically have come to, which is like a, an optimism, like a cautious optimism. He called it. He might be a little bit more cautious than than I would be even at this point, but you know he compared the outpouring of the spirit to like a real real intense like um i forget what you call those rainstorm like a typhoon mm. but he said you know you have the rain throughout the year like you have the rain season all that kind of stuff it's back and forth so you have the process the 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 sort of mundane ordinary process of god and the holy spirit but then you have these intense outpourings that they do something in a moment or in a short period of time that those you know more regular things can't accomplish mm. If that you know that I think I thought that analogy was yeah that's cool was was pretty good, um, but yeah I think I think that um, Dr. Keener just just made a good point about you know going through the Book of Acts talking about the outpourings of the Spirit what they did you know they uh, they often made the disciples bold and in, in, in their proclamation you know and and there's lots of different things God does at different times you know that you know maybe maybe that school needed just an extended prayer service. You know, maybe maybe they're needed to... It, this was another interesting thing. I don't think the school was promoting it as a, this major revival. I think it got picked up by others and kind of amplified and, and sort of framed as that. But they were just really having time of refreshing you know, with the Holy Spirit being poured out and, and, and just enjoying, you know, God's That's presence, cool. seeking yeah. Him. And, and I think um, see, just seemingly... In the totality of it, I think that that Tom Askell's position was probably a good one. Like you always, you you never want to throw c- caution completely to the wind, just because something's called the Holy Spirit. Um, and 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 there's a couple passages I, I don't even have. You know, we're, I don't want to run long here, but First um, Thessalonians uh, five. Near the end of that passage, he, he, uh, Paul's writing, he's rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Mm. And so that's, you know, that's that's part of what I want to lean into is like even with my own triggers and even with some of those things that I would say, OK, questions do need to be asked about certain things like are the is there some kind of weird push to bringing this affirming thing in the name of revival? Why, why are our students that are openly living this lifestyle leading from stage in a way that's like co-signing it? Or is it like, or is it like you didn't know, or they're trying to struggle? Yeah. Like what's going on with that? Cause sure. that's a little bit, you know, that, that needs to be addressed. Um, but I think the posture of like being overly critical and like coming too strong based on insufficient amount of evidence to me is, um, I don't know. I'm just nervous to do that. Like, I don't want to call something that God is doing. Yeah. Prematurely. Right. I don't want to say this is, this is not him. Yeah. It feels blasphemous or something. This scared. You're scared to touch. Yeah. I'm just scared to touch it. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm probably more scared to do that than I am to like get into it a little bit and then see for, if I know for sure that this is like, no, this isn't of the spirit. This is, this is marked and characterized 
the DNA of this thing is antichrist, mm-hmm. then I could say, you know, with more confidence, like, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't seem to be a work of the spirit in the, in the, in the, you know, general sense here. Sure. Um, but anything short of that, I'm just like, I would be nervous. And, you know, it's like at this point, it's like, man, I want to, I'm, I'm checking my own heart and saying, do I really want an outpouring of the spirit with Ooh, all that comes with a, that? Of course. Yeah. Don't, I don't, I don't want to be a person who quenches the spirit because I'm being overly cynical. Absolutely. Um, But and 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 this is good. He says, "Do not despise prophecies." Here now, of course, if you're listening, you're a cessationist. You're gonna, you know, basically think that that passed away after the candles closed or after after the apostolic age. I'm a continuationist, so I would I would believe that some of those things are still going on. Um, But you know, somebody I, I heard a preacher once saying, "When do you have to say do not despise prophecies?" when you're tempted to despise prophecies, <laughs> right? Okay. So something, it was probably like it, like it is today, like people misuse that category sure. often. And so he's saying, you know, even though it gets misused, don't despise it. Okay. Like it is it, it, done rightly, it's from the Lord, and, and we need that in the, in the building up and the equipping of the saints. But he says this, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Oh, Abstain good. from every form of evil. Um, and that that's the part where I want to challenge my charismatic brothers and sisters because sometimes any any question raising in the context of that is swatted away um, yep, as I've being like out of bounds. Yeah. You know, oh, how could you possibly even, you know, so I, I think that that is um, that's as unbiblical as some of the folks on the other side that are too quick to quench the yeah. spirit might be. Yeah. Um, so I think it's I think it's within the bounds to test the spirits. Now you you want to do that with the right heart, and you want to be leaning the right direction as you do that. You want to do it with all humility, but that sometimes there needs to be questions asked. Yes, does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, same thing, and I, again, uh, a little bit of a different context, and you just have to read that on your own. But in First John four, he's talking about that beloved. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone into the world. Um, and he's, he's dealing with a specific battle here between what I think, if I remember improperly, what, what was like a proto-Gnosticism. He said um, these particular false prophets were, he said, by this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Um, so there were some people, I guess, that were saying Jesus didn't actually come in the flesh, you know, or whatever. And there was this battle going on. So there's the connection between the spirit and truth, mm. right? He was like, this is how you'll know if a spirit is from this yeah. world or that world, because it can be tricky at times. Um, so I, I do think the Reformed brothers are right from the perspective of like, we do need to question things. We do need to test things. But I don't know that in this case that I think there might be too much of a leaning to, to too quickly pronounce this as something that's not, that I don't think the evidence that they presented um, calls for that strength of discount or that strength of wet blanket yet. Yeah. And, and oddly enough, there's, you know, one of these super reform guys that I follow and really have benefited from his work, um, Andrew Sandlin that wrote Creational Worldview. Okay. 
He wrote this uh, on Twitter last week. He said, it's ironic that many of, uh, many of the same critics of 18 to 22-year-olds, when they fornicate, abandon church, and refuse to work hard, are equally critical when they humble their souls before Ooh. the Lord, publicly repent, confess their sins, and sing nonstop praises to Jesus wow. Christ. You don't get to have it both ways just because their form of public repentance and praise doesn't tickle your sectarian theological fancy. And then he he um, went on to say this: whether or not the Asbury, whether or not Asbury is a genuine revival, be sure of this: God can send revival to people who hold bad theology. So from his perspective, you know, um, but but I'm just telling you, even from the reformer, sure. he's saying God can send revival. He says to strict yeah. cessationists, strict mm-hmm. continuationists, faith healers, egalitarians, complementarians, dispensationalists, high liturgists, low liturgists, fundamentalists, and even in a pinch. Uh, curmudgeonly Calvinist. That's good. So I think that, you know, I I, I would say that even from the reform perspective, I would probably more lean toward what he's saying in in Tom Askell. Um, Like, man, lean into this. um, Pray that God, because we know like to, to do what we need to do, it cannot be done on anything less than an outpouring spirit. Now, this this does connect because um, I'm going to bring up this guy's name, and some of you even listening might be like, man, how could you possibly bring this guy up in a good way? Others of you will be thinking, how could you even give this qualification to bring this guy up? He's awesome. Um, but uh, Dutch Sheets, um, he's a revival guy, okay. right? Um, he's He's been, like, part of many of these national revivals and he's all about like he's been it for years now the other guy i listened to joel webbin has publicly called dutch sheets a heretic really? <laughs> so i'm just okay. giving you different perspectives sure. like but uh but um no matter where you land on dutch this is a revival guy and what he was saying i thought was actually good about this he he was saying he was challenging people he asked this question he said, how is it that we had the Jesus revolution or the Jesus revivals of the 60s and 70s? We had all this good, but how do we have that and then lose the nation? And from his perspective, he was saying it's not enough to just have these outpourings. Uh, another another guy in, in that world was saying, you know, we have to see – even from the charismatic revivalist side, we need to see these revivals and these outpourings like the gas in the tank of the car. These, this isn't the thing. Like we can enjoy it and we can appreciate it and we can relish in it when it comes and love the presence of God, but we have to realize like that's not the end in and of itself. Like we take that and that and needs to be formed into reformation. Mm. Yeah. And so, so good. even on that side, I think there's a coalescing between um, between these two very different sides um, in, in some ways, and I think that's one of the ways. And so I would just, like, assuming for a minute that this is what it seems to be to me, which is a genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as awesome as that is, we is, I'm praying that that spreads like wildfire because these young 20s, I mean, yeah, they've man. been indoctrinated. They've been brought up in this anti Christ culture mm. and been so warped in their thinking, many of them, mm. that it probably is going to be messy, even even if it's fully genuine. Yeah. Like there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done, and it's got to and it's going to be good, needed huh? to be stewarded in the right direction. Um, but we have to understand, like we can't we can't do like it's been done in the past and steward it toward Pietism. Come on. 
this has to and, and, and again we don't steward it into just a political movement either but what we steward it into is whole life discipleship that impacts mm-hmm. everything and, and a mission of the church that's not just to the walls of the church. The goal, like somebody said this the other day, they tweeted like, this thing in Esbury doesn't need to be an event, it needs to be a lifestyle. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Because if you mean like canceling classes and just going to the chapel and worshiping 24 hours a day, that probably doesn't need to be the lifestyle for most people. Now you may have special kind of like IHOP you know, people or whatever, or people that are called to do that. Um, but by and large, that's not the calling of the church is to go to church all the time and, and, and be in God's presence. Okay. Um, we do that so we can we we warfare there so we can go out and warfare in the broader world and go into the business world and go into the entertainment world or whatever God gives us to do to put our hand to and to be salt and light in that way. We do that from the power of the spirit. So it needs to be a lifestyle from the perspective of like walking with God and yeah, seeking him and presence, making him yeah. first, but not in the sense of like, th- that's not the Go goal. Retreat, yeah. Like to stop going to class forever. Sheesh. That is the old mindset that got us to the place that Dutch Sheets was talking about. Okay. Um, that where we had great revivals and lost the nation around us. Cause he said what the, what the secularists understood was they're like, y'all can have that. We'll, we'll disciple your kids at these, at these government schools for eight hours a day, five days a week for 13 years. Jeez. And that's exactly what I've seen is my friends that I had that Brownsville, many of them public school, many of them have, you know, intentionally walked away from anything to do with the Christian worldview at this point. Wow. And so that's that's ultimately, I think, um, what I wanted to to bring to this is like, okay, so two two things we can pull out of it. I don't I don't know where this thing's going. I pray I'm praying that wherever any of us are that are even listening to this, man, that we need God, we need all the Holy Spirit we can we can have and we need to seek it more, we need to be open, we need to be humble, we need to repent. Um and we need to ask him to pour it out, and we can enjoy it and relish in it. We can be cautiously optimistic that he's started this major move now that many of these prophetic voices have been saying is coming, you know? Um, we can lean into that while still asking questions and still raising up things when it, when something smells funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Check the chicken. Is it is it <laughs> is it good? Um, and then on the other hand, like, okay, Lord, help us to steward this thing properly so that we understand it's a both and it's a it's an event mm-hmm. it's a spirit thing but it's not as opposed to the mundane world it's to go back out and fill that with your presence fill mm. that with your with with your law and your truth and everything that you've given us in the word the spirit is like this ignition like this fire that comes it's on awesome. us but that's we and it, and it even provides the gas but we have to get out there we have to let the car run anything you want to add to that before we before we close it down yeah i i, I am encouraged that god just is Ooh, not to be trifled with the timing yeah. I saw on uh, someone posted that, you know, right shortly after the Grammys presented that satanic mm-hmm. offering that this outpouring happens yeah. and it's spreading and it's wreaking more quote unquote havoc than um, Satan intended through that little yeah, foolishness. Man. So I'm just loving that that the timing is is just wonderful. God's just brilliant on that. 
For sure. And it's interesting, like when you watch it, it's something, it's like the opposite of yeah. what you saw at the Grammys. Yeah, there's yeah, a purity yeah. to it. There's a humility to it. There's just like a man, just an honoring of God mm-hmm. that, that kind of just makes you tear it's up. Spreading. Like, People are coming in droves, standing in line. You, like you said, yeah. earlier, they're moving it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I envision Lord, let it spread to this. And that's other, yeah. that's the thing. Like I I hope it gets to the point nobody even goes there because it's happening everywhere. It's, like, yeah. And and somebody prayed the other day, Lord, let it start to happen in the secular universities. That's what I was praying. You know what I'm I saying? said, Lord, like, let it, let these mainstream institutions, Christians, there gather and pray, and God move there as yeah, well. Man. But you know, I think. Yeah. But it would be interesting if he were to start this, you know, among among the youth like that. And and I've heard many times like the first Great Awakening that was more of a Calvinistic move. The second okay. Great Awakening was more on the Wesley or Armenian kind of charismatic side. But I said the 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 um basically the the what happened in this nation with the 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 war for independence, all that stuff was connected to the Great Awakening, okay, and the preaching and in the revival that took place on the in the nation actually shaped the worldview of of the people at the time. And you know, it's just interesting how all that stuff does connect inevitably. Like real real revival, I think is more often seen in the rearview mirror um, than even in the present. Like you don't always know what God's doing, and so you can feel His presence and stuff like that. And you can say, Yeah, He's definitely here. Something's moving. Um, miracles are taking place, but real revival and reformation, I think, is is kind of more seen in the rearview mirror. So we'll see what what happens. Wow! Like okay. with this, and I, and I just pray that man, man, let it be, let it be, Lord. And you know, it's good. You know, I don't. Um, I still think it, it's a a powerful thing that college kids are gathering Listen. to worship, to focus on the Lord. To there's salvations, yes. there's healing, and I. I think I saw a video clip of of a deliverance, someone being healed from oppression or some kind of attack or something like that. And so that was floating around. Yeah. And so um, it's good. It's just good. (laughs) And um, yeah, we we can't be asleep when God is trying to awake and, and do something. So I was convicted too. I'm like, Lord, let me be ready. Let me be, um, let me have my eyes open, my heart open wide yeah. to what he wants to do in our area, you know, in our Yeah, because I can even be stuck in, like, how, yep. I, th- how I think he's going to do it. Yeah, we can't do but that. But I have to be open to, like, oh, man, he might do this way different than, than I thought he was going to do it. And I just, I mean, we got to make sure it's him, but we just, you know. There you go. But we do want to follow where the spirit leads, and we want to do it with an open heart and humility and, and care and leaning mm-hmm. into Love leaning it. into that. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, I, I'm trying to set up an interesting dialogue slash debate for our next episode. So I know you guys will want to want to catch that. But please just uh, subscribe. I, I've been Hit forgetting. Like Stephen used like to do it. that yeah. so well, our brother-in-law. He used to remind you guys to, to um, give us a review on Apple and yes. subscribe and all that stuff. Since I've been doing it, we ain't, we ain't been getting a subscription. <laughs> so. If if you if you the more you do that the more it helps us get the get the uh, word out to people and just continue to expand the reach of the podcast and all that kind of good stuff. So, thank you so much, and God we will you see you next time. I have a-